Hey, what's going on? Welcome back to the James Kennedy Podcast. I hope you've all been good. If you haven't gotten around to listening to last week's episode with the brilliant Stretchco Horvat, please, please, please go back and listen to it. That guy dropped some truth bombs that we all need to hear right now. It was a fascinating and important conversation that's got a ton of food for thought for the future that lies ahead of us all. And for those of you who are already fans of the awesome Stretch Go Horvat, he actually dropped a podcast exclusive. Something I did not know is that he's actually got a background in punk rock as well. <laughs> actually played in a punk rock band back in the day who supported Converge. So that's pretty awesome. So go and check that out if you want a, a little insight into the guy's life that you may not have known about. But speaking of politics and speaking of rock and roll, we've got both of those things on the podcast for you guys today. Because we are joined by Mario Radetzky from the awesome German band Blackout Problems. Now, we actually recorded this conversation a few weeks ago before the band was due to start their tour with previous podcast buddies and a Shikari, but I wanted to save the conversation to nearer the release date of their new album, Riot, which is coming out this very Friday the 23rd, and they are currently right in the middle, neck deep, of their incredible tour with the amazing Enda Shikari. So, I wanted this conversation to drop at this particular time because I want to amplify all the excitement that the band have got going on so that you guys can rush out and buy the album. But do bear in mind that when this conversation was recorded, the tour hadn't yet started, and that tour is very much underway as we speak. We're going to get into the making of the album, the meaning behind the lyrics, the music industry, life as a touring rock band, all that good stuff. So bear in mind the time difference between recording this conversation and the time that it's coming out. But otherwise, enjoy my conversation with the awesome Mario Radetzky from the brilliant, brilliant, brilliant band Blackout Problems. Mr. Radetzky, how are you, sir? Hey, James. How are you? I'm good, thanks, dude. And it's great to speak with you. Um, you got loads of stuff that we got to delve into. You got an amazing tour coming up with a badass as an end of Shikari. You got a new album coming out called Riot, which I like the sound of just by the title, and loads of stuff going on. So, man. Give us the lowdown, dude. What's happening? What's going on? Oh yeah. Uh, so I think for the moment, you know, it feels like it feels like there's nothing going on because the tour has not started and the release has not started. But on the other hand, there's so much going on, and um, yeah, we're we're really happy to have this fourth record right now. Riot is going to be a fourth one, um, which is unbelievable. We've been going for like a long time now, I think, as a band, and yeah, uh, recording. I mean, rec- I still remember vividly recording our, f- our first record, and now that's the fourth one. And it's the, fir- but it's the first in some, uh, in in some parts because that's the first one that I've produced myself, and it really feels fresh. And we we still feel like a newcomer band that's just about to start and about to, yeah, maybe, maybe to to grow a little little fan base or or whatever. You know, let's see what happens. Well, it's interesting you say that, man, because like, you know, you guys have been around, you've got four, you're four albums deep at this point, you've got a wicked fan base, you've got a badass tour with Enter Shikari coming up, a new record coming out with Sony. So, I mean, you know, you, you're not a new band getting off the blocks by any means, you know, you're crushing it right now. But I wonder if it feels like that because on this new record, it's a self-produced album. And I know from my own experience that when you're producing an album yourself and you're aware of all of the moving parts behind the scenes and the build-up and the strategies and the tactics, it kind of takes some of the magic out of what is otherwise a roller coaster ride, you know? Is that how it feels for you or is it the other way around? Honestly, uh, it's a little bit the other way around because um, producing it the, uh, yourself the first time is so exciting and it's... I don't know. It's that I feel like um, there's so much magic in that, and and I'm way more excited about releasing the music, and I'm a little bit nervous about that as well. And especially with our last singer, you know, we just a few weeks ago we released a song called Funeral, and that's 
I think that's the poppiest track that we've ever done. And it's the most positive track as well on a very dark record, I have to say. I think that ride is really dark and it's really... There's a lot of negative shit going on and I get very personal and political at the same time. And it's, um, I talk, I talk a lot about stuff that I would probably tell nobody, but you know, in the music, you can do that. You can open up and, and I'm, I'm, I'm a bit like an introvert, but in the music, I, there's just, it's like my, um, it's like my spot where I can be honest with myself and to everybody else in a way that, that I couldn't be in, in normal life. And so this time I think we went in really deep and, uh, it feels so magical now, you know, it's, it's, it doesn't really, it doesn't really take anything away, especially knowing each and every part about the record is, is so, um, it's very intense and it's very interesting to, to, to record your own stuff. I'm, I mean, as you know, probably, um, there's, on the one hand, but it's maybe, maybe it's, just a, it's just something, um, inside of blackout problems that is, that's for me, um, that, that is, that is different, um, than to any, any other producers because I do know each and every part of the record and I, I did most of them myself. But on the other hand, there's still so much going on that I don't understand, <laughs> especially, um, you know, have you ever written a song and you have no idea how that came about? Um, All the time. <laughs> at the end of the day, you know, that's like, wow, where did that came from? Yeah, yeah. And that, that, that's something uh, to me that's very interesting because being a producer for the first time, I really try to leave my body and, and, and take a look at our band in a very, um, yet take an outside look on the band. Um, just, just for, just for, uh, just to get what it is that I was trying to achieve with this this record, and I I came up with the idea that our music is very the lyrics are very important for us um, for our music to to um, to I don't know to get intense. We I need intense lyrics, and I really need to feel that. And but still, there's there's so much coming from my subconscious that I have that I sometimes have no idea where that came from, and and start writing and then there's there are lines where i think like whoa um i i would never say that in uh in a normal in a normal conversation probably so yeah 100 percent. I'm, I'm with you there man i mean as a fellow introvert yeah i'm, I'm that's that's the, the one of the rewards that we get as artists isn't it so we have an outlet for this that side of our personality that we don't often get to show in real life and also, you know, like talking about some of the things that we talk about in our songs is not always appropriate, <laughs> you know, in normal daily life. Um, so yeah, we're really fortunate that we have that outlet, I suppose, which so many people don't. Um, so with regards to that outlet and this particular record and the things you're talking about, let's jump into that. The album is called Riot. Does the world need a riot right now? And if so, why? I think it has a lot of uh, riots at the moment. And, and just, uh, let me tell you that. We thought a lot about this this title riot, and um, because it has some negative connotations um, that we didn't really mean, you know, we thought that we have this one line on the record that says, "Let's start a beautiful riot," and we really we really try to find the positive inside of the negative, and to, um, for example, in in Germany, there's a very big shift to the right at the moment political wise and but on the other hand there are millions on the street right now um that demonstrate 
just against that. They riot against that. They don't riot. They demonstrate very peacefully, but um, they are on the street and they show their support to um, to for diversity. For to to they want to live in a in a country that is not um, dominated by the right wing. Um, let's just politely call them assholes. And uh, you no, know don't, that's, don't you don't have to be polite. You can call them assholes. Yeah, <laughs> right wing assholes. <laughs> yeah, we've got them here too, man. Yeah, yeah. That's I mean that's a problem that we have not only in Germany, not only in the UK. We have we have that problem in the world right now. And I mean we we had we had that a while ago, and it didn't really turn out that good. So uh, we should have learned from history, but uh, turn. Turns out we didn't, I think. I don't know. Um, I think we live in very, very, very interesting times now. And if you'd, if you'd asked me that like 15 years ago, um, when I was just in school and I, I was thinking about the times that we live in, I thought that our parents or our grandparents, they lived in interesting times. And, and we don't because everything's safe, everything's good. But um, I feel like after uh, leaving school, I feel like I just woke up to to the world in a way i thought that racism was something ancient something from the books you know but but if you walk around with open eyes and open ears you find that everywhere and um there's so much that we have to educate ourselves to see these things and to see how how have we been brought up and what are what are our values that we have and and um what are the Sorry, sometimes I'm a bit lost for words because uh, I'm not a native speaker, but I do my best. Um, yeah, sometimes it's it's just you have to like um, find out um, where do we stand right now. And at the moment, I think there's lo- there's loads of stuff uh, going on. I mean, there's there was the pandemic that really shook us. Um, there's now the U- the war in Ukraine. Um, there's there's Gaza happening right now, which is horrible. It's just horrible. And um, on the other hand, we have we have so much um, crisis, and we have the climate crisis going on. And and you know that's there's there's so much going on. And I think that we need some riots, but we should we should take care that these riots are positive and they they really change something because. If you get too negative about things, you you're not really affecting the world in a in a good way. I think, and I really try to stay positive. I'm I'm I may be far from being the most positive guy in the world, but I I do my best. And I think that um in in our music, I tend to get <laughs> pretty negative at times, but there's always a spark somewhere. Love it, man. Yeah, I think that's a very important point to make because, you know, the world is bleak enough as it is right now. It's, you know, it's really important as us as artists and people with a platform and an outlet to actually highlight these things. But at the same time, you know, like people need a fucking break from it as well, you know. So to have that spark and that lightness that you're talking about to add that balance and the entertainment value as well, I think is very important. And it helps to deliver the message as well because, you know, a riot like you're talking about, can be a positive thing because a riot symbolizes action. It symbolizes getting up and doing something about the ills of the world rather than just being pacified by apathy, which can sometimes happen when things just get too bleak and too heavy. So I think that balance really helps the um, the cause there, you know? Yeah, let me just add um, the other side of things because that, that, that was like the, the political side, but there's, always, uh, there's also a personal side um, to that. And the 
personal riot that I went through in the last two or three years and that my bandmates went through in the last two or three years was pretty big as well because we we felt like this is a good title because it it not only uh, you can not only talk about a riot in a political way but also in a personal way we had to um, we had to like master things with ourselves within ourselves and there's there's um I did a therapy for the first time ever because I just I just ran against the wall um working too much and I, I was totally burned out and I had to like get over that and progress a little and and change my um I don't know change my perspective on things and I really had to work on myself as 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 a human being and and take a look on reflect on me and and um yeah find out who I who I was and who I want to be and and stuff like that also happened because we um in 2020 we just lost our sense of purpose in a way when we couldn't play any shows anymore so um everything got shook up and it was it was a pretty um pretty intense time for us uh and we kind of lost ourselves in that um but writing this record brought us back together and um writing this record was an anchor for me to to have something that i i was working on and and producing the record was a big goal that i wanted to achieve so i think that the record not only has like this big worldly themes they all they also have it also has a very um personal side to it and if you listen to the record from start to finish you kind of go through my progress as well as 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 a person and that that was important for me because the record starts very aggressive um have you listened to to the record yet yeah i was lucky i got a sneak peek from the pr so uh yeah it's it's it's, it's a fucking banger man honestly it's badass oh thank you so much man so so you've heard like the first song starts with um i want to know more about the tears on your pillow and that's that's where I thought let's do the deep dive into personal shit and let's talk about things that um that really are that that's let's talk about the things in my uh from my subconscious or from 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 me inside of me that I really need to get out and uh the last song um when the last song stops there's there's this very beautiful nature sounds that i recorded and that was actually one of the first things i've recorded for this record uh, i was in austria and just spent a few nights on a cab uh, on a cabin on a mountain and nice. in a cabin on a mountain <laughs> that's the way <laughs> i wanted to put it and um yeah i've i've just recorded some birds and chipping and stuff like that and cows and uh that's that what's that's that's the thing that ends the record and it's very it, it feels like i've talked about and i've tackled problems and i've made some progress hopefully and i now want to walk away from that and not walking away from that um without tackling these problems but i want to talk about them for 11 songs and then at the end of song 11 i want to like get on a horse and ride into the sunset 
<laughs> love it yeah fucking right man hell yeah yeah i love it man brilliantly put as well i mean i totally agree i think like you know in terms of my own personal experience over the past few years and i think the collective personal experience over the past few years has been a strange and turbulent one hasn't it you know coming out of the pandemic which was just weird and all the political stuff that's been happening since then has been kind of crazy you know we're seeing the um the growth of the right which you mentioned earlier making a big comeback as well and i think that's normally a symptom of of growing senses of dis- disillusionment and people feeling powerless and not having an outlet for their anger. I think these are all signs that society is, is feeling increasingly disconnected from any sense of empowerment or purpose. And I think in, at that level, you know, like the personal experience that people are going through kind of mirrors the political experience. You know, we look at the nature of our politics around the world right now, and then you see that reflected in the personal struggles that people are going through as well and the crises that people are going through. You know, these are turbulent times, man. So I think the fact that you're highlighting both sides of that coin on this record, I think is going to resonate with people on so many different levels. Yeah, um, I love that you say that. And I just want to add that I I was really sick. Um, it was really, it, it, I was really sick of hearing about the pandemic for a while. And uh, I, I didn't really want to talk about that. And I really didn't want to talk about what it's like being a musician in that stuck in this situation but right now like a few years later and and we we've overcome that now um in parts i think it's so interesting what what a big effect that had on us and how that's now rooted in our systems for for um i think forever maybe and it really it really shaped a lot of music and a lot of you know how how do we put out stuff and and you know it's just it's just shaped our lives in in a very very interesting way and um yeah i'm very happy that it's over for now Hell yeah. I mean, how has that affected the music industry in Germany? Because we had the double whammy over here with obviously we had the the fallout and the hangover from um, the pandemic, but we also then got hit with Brexit and all the bullshit that came with that, which oh, is, yeah. uh, by the way, not something that I supported. But bands now in the UK have got to try and navigate this kind of new unknown world of like the, the carnets to Europe and the visas and the, um, the 90 and 180 days rule and all this bullshit. And that's just compounded the problems that we inherited from the hangover from the pandemic, whereby, you know, now you can't get a bus because everyone's touring. So the prices are through the roof. Um, and obviously we're limited by what crews and things we can get domestically. So the industry over here has been hit quite hard on several different fronts, you know, unless you're, you know, in that 1% that is kind of un- unfazed by any of this. But how are you guys feeling things like that over in Germany or on the mainland? I mean, are you still feeling the effects of the, pa- the pandemic? Um, yeah, let, let's just, uh, talk about Brexit just for, for a second, because, um, the carnet that you've mentioned, we have the same problem now, um, going to the UK is, right. is, is a pain in the ass now. Um, because last time we, we went to the UK was in October, I think last year, and we supported Noah Finns, um, for six dates. So we had to photograph every single piece of equipment each and every cable the guffer everything you know everything yeah. and that's that's uh the guffer that's not a that's not an english term right yeah, it's yeah, just yeah. tape yeah. No, you know <laughs> what I mean? tape, yeah yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah sometimes mix that up you know um yeah um but yeah these um 
these rules that we have now filling in the the cane and stuff that's so that's so hard and it it wastes money for us you know big time, um, big time. yeah we that we needed someone to come to our studio to to look at each and everything and they really they checked every everything they checked the numbers on the guitar and and they um there was one serial number that was wrong on one guitar so we had to like we thought we we can't take this guitar now and yeah and th- this there are they make troubles and problems that we really don't need yeah. at the moment yeah. so um please get back into um the eu if you can oh man yeah you know <laughs> um, <laughs> it will make life very much easier for us now oh you're and telling me yeah what well, we, we we should we should but we can't because half of our population are dickheads it turns out yeah that's um um that's you know you know what's funny uh there was the first brexit um date happening somewhere in i think 2019 is that right 2016 yeah i think that brexit had like this or there, there was the vote or anything i i, I don't remember uh, i don't recall that but we played in the uk at that moment and uh we were supporting royal republic from sweden and everyone was a bit like nervous about what's happening now what's right, happening now right and uh that was just a night when we left from i think we went from london to paris or something like that or to to amsterdam so we um crossed the border everyone was like we need to cross the border before um <laughs> 12 because yeah yeah because yeah, yeah. Then, yeah uh, we can't get over nobody yeah. knows what's happening right. now and right. basically nothing happened i think yeah but then uh, there was the real brexit date and it, that was in 2020 i think and we played manchester again so, wow. uh, so we were in the uk again um yeah that was there there was a brexit party going on next door where we played jesus and uh or fuck off brexit was the, was the name of right right that sounds more like yeah, it yeah <laughs> <laughs> that, 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 yeah um any reason to celebrate you know um, <laughs> any reason to drink i think is more our problem yeah. <laughs> that, yeah but it was every time we're in the uk you know it's it's fascinating um it's so we we are people are so nice to us and we we just love going there and that's probably why our next tour in our next tour starts in october we will be on tour in october november december i think and most of the that if there's uh i think the uk is the country where we play most of the shows so yeah we really love playing why is that i mean you've got all of europe you know right there on your doorstep you know you can play france and spain i mean I mean, is there a thing with the UK? Obviously, I don't know because it's all I know. I live here, you know. But when I've toured in Europe in the past, I've had the opposite thing. I've always been like, oh, man, the crowds in France were amazing. We had a great time in Italy. And I come back home and it's like, oh, fucking UK. So it, is that, is it just because I'm from here? Or what's, what's, what's it like for you guys coming over to play here? Yeah, maybe, maybe um, that's that has something to do with that. I mean, for us as a German band, we've always been influenced big time by bands from by english speaking bands from the us from canada from from uh australia and from the uk obviously and i mean we listen to a lot of uk bands and it right. for us singing in english being from germany and then listening to english speaking bands all our, li- our lives and then playing some shows there is like it's mental and it's very it's very nerve-wracking on the one hand because i th- I really, um, right. I have a big respect for, for, 
for any crowd, but now in the UK, everyone understands each and every word. So my lyrics are exposed. I'm like, it's different playing in France. In France, you know, you always have some people in the in the crowd that do not understand right. each and every word right. that you sing. But in the UK, it's like, it's like singing in, Ger uh, in German in Germany. And that's, um, to me, that's very yeah. interesting and very inspiring. And yeah, I, I, I tend to get nervous a bit, but I really love that. And um, the feedback that we get, I think, in the UK is, is pretty good. So it's it's better than we thought it would be. So um, yeah, we love coming back and we just, right. I'm really looking forward to playing our own shows there. And we, we did a couple um, and we did a couple of support gigs and yeah. It's, it's just great to, to, I, I feel like people really, and that's, that's interesting because you, you maybe have a different point of view there, but I feel like people really love music over there. A hundred percent. Yeah. And yeah. It's the one thing we do well. I don't, we don't do a lot. We don't do much well. Our food sucks. Our weather sucks. Our politicians suck, but we do music really, really well. <laughs> yeah. You know, about the weather and about the food, I probably disagree a little bit because I've had like amazing food and amazing weather in the UK. I won't really? argue wow. okay. with the politician side of things. <laughs> but um, yeah, I, I feel like, um, yeah, I love it there. I just love it there. I, I could live in Brighton. I could live in... in wow. Uh, yeah, there, there's so many cities that, that I'd love to spend time in. And going from one city to the other, you have something in the UK that we really love. Uh, sometimes we, the navigation system sends us over these weird routes that where we see these little towns and, and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and I love that. It's so beautiful. And um, on the other hand, your... What's what's it called? Um, if you want to take a rest um, on the street, um, the gas stations in the oh in the, the service UK, station, right? Yeah, yeah. The, the service yeah. stations. They're like yeah. a big mall each and every time. You know, there's different <laughs> food options. And have you ever been on a on a service station in Germany? Yeah, Manuel had the I had the exact experience that you're describing. <laughs> like we just come out of Italy, which was carnage, and um, yeah, we, the first uh, service station we came to in Germany was like an airport. It was fucking ginormous. They had every type of food there. Really? They had showers, okay. you know, big bathrooms for like five euros for as long as you like. It was amazing. It was civilized. It was huge. And I was like, oh man, like this is what touring in Germany must be like. It must be like this everywhere. No. Yeah, that's what I thought all of Germany was like. <laughs> no. <laughs> that's, that's, that's just not the case um it's yeah it's uh, to me it's it's totally different i mean maybe that's just the different perspective that we have and maybe it's just for us it's a bit uh you know um more exciting to be over there and and for you it's more exciting to be over here that's right that's, yeah because yes. each and every time i'm in yes. italy i love the, the stations as well because um there's the best coffee that's right. that's the best coffee and i love the uh, italian espresso of course um i mean who doesn't oh yeah isn't that the, isn't that the coolest thing about being in a band though? And I mean, like, there's so many struggles in this game, you know, like this financial instability, there's a mental health problem. You know, there's a lot of hardships and struggles that come with this industry, especially now when, you know, people aren't buying music the same as they used to. But that's the re the real reward, I think, is the fact that we get to see the world, we get to meet people from all over the place, have these adventures, have these stories. I mean, you can't put a price on that. Yeah, and I totally forgot about the negative side of things. Uh, now talking about stations with you. <laughs> um, I, yeah, I, I really, I really love doing what we do, and I'm probably I really have great respect to the, for the crowds, and I, I have 
I really love playing music with the guys and especially with our crew because we we're not professionals. We're just friends who do that and we we grow up together and we progress together and that's maybe we turn into professionals a little bit more and a little bit more here and a little more there. But but in right. if you break us down that we're just a bunch of guys who really love each other and um that go on tour together and um yeah we try to do our best and we really put a lot of effort into into um the things that we do but it's it's never been about having a master plan it's never been about anything else than just expressing yourself expressing your feelings making music making art making some visuals artistic things and you know with all the music videos and the photo shoots and and stuff like that we always tend to like love the creative part of things and stay creative and don't um change in any way that that we don't want to change in we we've changed over the last few years but i i look at that more as we've progressed we've progressed a bit um we don't we don't try to fit into anything at the moment. We just try to make the best version of Blacker Problems that we can make. And that's that has nothing to do with like being mainstream or being um being a big hit on TikTok, obviously, or anything like yeah. that. You know, that's yeah. that's not what our yeah. band is about. Our band is about emotions yeah. and about um, expressing feelings and expressing things and saying things on stage that we feel like saying. And it's yeah, we don't. We've never had a master plan, and that's maybe because it still feels like just starting out after being in this band for more than ten years now and having released um, four records. So. You know, each uh, every time we did we did a record and we we started a new one. We wanted to break with everything that we've done before. You know, first right. record was called Holy. After Holy, we did a record called Chaos. When we when we released the first single of Chaos, we tried to release the biggest shocking song that was so different from everything that was on Holy. Um, that that was just like we we really wanted to show that there's another side to us that you probably haven't seen yet and we want to show that and um we want we just want to do what we want to do and with this record for the first time i could look um upon these old these old uh records um holy chaos and dark and look at these records and really be a bit like um Proud is probably the wrong word because, um, but yeah, I was a bit proud on these records and, and I could like accept that I, I, I've seen these records and I, I thought, uh, um, you know, that's a part of us and now we don't have to break with that. We can pick and choose songs and styles and sounds and, um, expressions and, and things that we've did in the past and, and just implemented into our, 2024 version of our band and because we are all these things and all these songs they they belong to us and that's that's our story and we don't have to break with that yeah but of course um the new record sounds nothing like any other record in a way but on the other hand it's like if you listen to all our records um you 
you end up here and it's like yeah this journey makes sense i think and let's see where it takes us next I love that. Yeah, that, that's the cool thing. When you get to look back over your back catalog, you can see your own personal journey. Like I can look back at albums I did years ago and be like, I can remember where I was at that time. I can see I'm not that person anymore. There's that growth, you know? Um, yeah, it's really interesting. Again, it's, it's, it's one of the, the, the jewels that comes with what we do, I think, isn't it? We get to have that journal of our own personal journey, you know, through music. So I think it's a beautiful thing, man. Um, well, we, we've got to talk about the record because, you know, that's what we're here to do. And I've got to let you go soon. I feel like, you know, I could talk to you for ages about, you know, service stations and politics and stuff <laughs> like that, you know, because uh, <laughs> I think we're on the same wavelength there. But uh, we've got to talk about the record, man. So when you say it was a self-produced album, do you mean the whole band or was it just literally just you doing the whole thing? That was me doing it, but I had help, and um, there was we we have a co-producer and engineer um, who's called Karan. He's been helping us us uh, record our records for a while now, and he's yeah he's been with us on this record. And I had um, Geister; they do like the the programming and synth stuff. So that's um, that's the thing that I've um, got help with, and um, yeah. And we had a great mixing engineer, obviously. I didn't do that myself. Uh, yeah, since, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Moritz Enders, and yeah, that's, that, that was the team. Awesome. Yeah, Mo, I think that's a great way of doing things. That, that's the way I do my records as well. At some point, you've got to like, if, if you're self-producing and you're aware of all the, the, you know, the finer details of every song, at some point, I think it's really healthy to pass it over to somebody else who can kind of you know, do the mixing and mastering and, and get a second set of ears on it. Because otherwise you can just tie yourself up into never-ending rabbit holes of perfectionism or you can oftentimes make things worse as well. I think sometimes it's just having that outside perspective really makes a difference. So it sounds like you've got a great team there and the quality of the album certainly uh, demonstrates that. But did you like that process? Is that something you think you'll do again or was it just more work than you needed? Um, I, lo- I really love doing that because having... The mixing engineer that we have is um, Moritz Enders. He's amazing at what he does, and he's like the the last quality check station or something like that uh, for me. And it was uh, it was a goal to work um, uh, to record everything that good, so I could um, pass it over to him. And uh, he's he's been mixing a lot of great records and a lot of like really big records. So I knew that. At the end of the day, it's gonna sound good. But on the other hand, he's not—he's not the kind of mixer who goes into detail and changes all your guitar sounds. Um, and he just takes the DIs and reamps them or anything. He just takes what you give him. And I've—I um, don't want to go too far into detail, but um, I didn't give him any uh, DI tracks for the guitars at the end of the day because um, I mean, he could—he could have. Um, he could take the the eye tracks and reamp the guitars and make a whole different sound. But yeah. I just I just bounced stereo files and and right. passed it passed these over to him because I knew that he's gonna mix the record analog. So um, he's gonna have something like twenty four tracks I think at the end of the day. And that's I passed him something. I, I've had these these projects of mine were really big. I've had more than one hundred and twenty. Tr- tracks i think um on the songs which is right. pretty common at the end of the day if, if you record a band and do some stuff and and uh, record a lot of guitars i bet that other bands have like two to three hundred um tracks that's crazy man yeah that's which crazy. is crazy of course <laughs> um but 
yeah i've i really i really loved uh having him as a mixing engineer be, and i really love that he he respected my rough mixes so at the end right. of the of the um recording and producing um progress i did a rough mix inside of my um inside of my um daw send it over to him and um sent over all the tracks and the end result really sounded like the rough mixes i did just a little better or not a little sometimes pretty pretty much better but um he really really respected the the vision that i had for the record and that was something that um to, to that was something that i i was eager to do um i i had a vision for the record and i had a vision for our band and i wanted us to sound very um in our own way you know very um um sorry i really i'm i'm lost for words again um i wanted us to sound very unique that's that's what right. i want to say right and well you got that you definitely got that man thank you and that you know with unique i mean that i don't want us to sound like the perfect band i really want to take tracks and record tracks and record guitars that sound different and they that not sound like the i don't know the perfect acdc guitar anything like that we Got don't you. need that yeah we you have want that the rawness in, yeah the realness yeah yeah i wanted to i've i've recorded most of the guitars just um just into my interface and then just recorded everything like without any amps without any big microphones or Love anything it. i just yeah, yeah, yeah. put on some reverb and that's it so we have this one singer nice. called gloves um that is a pretty 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 important song for us because uh, we have Raul reynolds of enter shikari on that track which is like a life goal for us as a band and all the guitars are just the eye tracks um we have put some reverbs on them so so that's well it sounds amazing man and that's the way i i prefer to do things that's the way i think makes sense you just shove it into the side of a fuzz pedal get the sound right at source get it right once and then you have to live with it you know that is the sound you know none of this scrolling through menus for days on ends or you know a thousand possibilities for changing it afterwards now nah, just get it right and then live with it that is the sound that's the personality of the track warts and all you know and to have something like a baseline like that and then to have row on top <laughs> That's a real magic formula, I think, right there. Yeah, that made me nervous big time. But I bet. Um, his part is his part is just crazy. He he sent me over this part, um, and the first take that that he sent us is the one that's on the record wow. because it's wow. we we were blown away by that. And he has so much energy in his in his voice. It's yeah, he's such a dude, man. And that segues yeah. perfectly into the next question I want to ask you because you, you're actually going out on tour with the Mighty Anthony Shikari um, <laughs> in February. Is that right? Yeah, yeah, that's right. In about, well, I think, four weeks or something like that. Yeah. Wow, man. Are you stoked? Are you ready? Yeah, I'm, I, I don't know if I'm ready, <laughs> but I'm so stoked. I'm so stoked because we've been on tour with uh, Shikari in the UK and in Germany and Belgium before and these shows were pretty small um, and now the shows are massive and I think that the production that and Shikari do this it's always it's always amazing and I've been a fan for a long time and I've actually once traveled to the UK to see them in London at Ali Wow! wow. yeah I, and I think it was in 2017 um, we were four guys just being 
yeah the biggest shikari fans and and we we thought let's let's do this trip let's see them in their um hometown and it was mind-blowing and their production was so much bigger than the production they used to have in germany um which was just great to see and but the shows in germany are getting bigger and bigger now and they've sold out the palladium in cologne which is which holds more than like i think it has a capacity of four thousand and five hundred people or something like that which is massive so they're crushing it yeah, I think the production is going to be really, really good on on this one, and they've the last records that they did were perfect. So yeah, I I love them, and the best thing about meeting them was that they they were so nice to us, and they really I don't know they were so nice and uh, really respected us, uh, and yeah, made it possible for us to have the best time ever. So. Um, being this the, the opening band you know that's yeah. that's they were really respectful and yeah i'm gonna take that away from 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 these tours i really um yeah and they, they know how to do it man i mean like uh, rao was on the podcast before their the new album came out um because for the whole world so he was on the podcast just before that came out and they were talking about their tours and everything so it's inter- it's like a full circle moment that i'm now talking to yourself just <laughs> before your record comes out before you go out with them touring that album but Rao actually told me um something that you said earlier about they don't plan to be you know the biggest band they're not worried about you know climbing the ladder or being a stadium band they they're just focusing on they're doing their thing doing the best job they can to give a kick-ass show to their fans and do the best they can to express their music and that's all they think about and it's doing them great because they're crushing it so i mean um the fact that you're now going out with those guys again i, I see a very similar journey happening for you guys that's so that's so funny that you say that because looking upon and shikari is like they they really seem like a band that have everything under control and planned out I know. and yeah. yeah they seem like a band that ha- have has a master plan you know but yeah yeah maybe maybe it's sometimes good to have no master plan at all because then you can be surprised each and every day and yeah see where you end up and sometimes that's maybe even better than anything you've ever expected because we've never expected to be on a lineup like that we've also have um fever 333 as the second support band which is amazing as well and we like this we feel like um yeah we feel like just starting out now um going on this tour and then releasing our own tour after that or maybe even before that i think uh, we, we'll be releasing new tour dates um in a few weeks now and right, right. yeah there, there's going to be a lot of uk on that as i mentioned so hopefully we'll see you in person there yeah come to wales have you have you have you played in wales before we've played cardiff cardiff um, right yeah that's my hometown right perfect oh nice one nice one we played at the um, garage no no not the globe the globe yeah sorry not the garage yeah Yeah, the globe is a good one man yeah we'll come back dude you know we'll have you anytime you guys are always welcome in cardiff oh, it, it was so good to play cardiff I and mean, we've we've never been there obviously and that's that's just uh, what you've mentioned earlier it's it's great to see new places and to get to meet new people and um we enjoy that every time but you've got a whole year of that coming up man because you guys are playing everywhere um uh, with a new record to celebrate and play the hell out of new songs and talking about issues that are going to resonate with people on the personal level and the political level the album kicks absolute ass riot is out on february the 23rd through sony records 
people can check you out wherever, like you're on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, you're all over the place. It's just simply Blackout Problems, I think it's the handle. They can go to blackoutproblems.com where they can pre-order the new record. It's available in gorgeous, stunning red vinyl with an awesome hardcover book as well full of lyrics and artwork and photos and all that good stuff. Man, you've got a great year ahead of you, dude, and much deserved as well because you've got a kick-ass record. It sounds amazing. The music rocks. The lyrics are really relevant and timely. And um, yeah, I just wish you nothing but the best for the year ahead, man. And what a fucking year you've got coming. Thank you so much again for taking your time and listening to our record. It's really, it's it's an honor um, being on a, on a podcast. And um, anytime uh, you're in Germany, please let us know. 100%. And likewise, do Keep us posted. Maybe I'll see you at one of the shows. But you got to go. So thank you so much for this. Mario Radetzky from the amazing Blackout Problems. Best wishes, bro. I will speak to you really, really soon. Thank you so much. See you, man. See you, bro. It's been a pleasure talking to you. Best wishes with everything. Mario Radetzky, ladies and gentlemen, put it together for him. So there you go. What a dude. As we speak, Mario and Blackout Problems are neck deep in touring with Enter Shikari. They're already kicking it. Um, so all of the details you heard there about the tour and, and the live show and the plans, they're underway with that as we speak. But the album will be out in two days' time. If you're listening to this on Wednesday, which is when this podcast episode drops, the album comes out on Friday, the 23rd of February. It's available to pre-order right now, but you might as well just you know pick the bad boy up straight away. It'll be available everywhere. You can get it from their website at blackoutproblems.com. You can go and see them live. They're playing absolutely all over the goddamn place. There's no excuse not to go and see their insane live show. You can follow them on their social media pages at Blackout Problems. The new record rocks. I'm really privileged to have had a sneak listen to the thing. So take it from me. You need to get that in your ears and in your life. The album is called Riot, but they've also got three previous records, which you can go and check out and you should as well. I hope you enjoyed the conversation. I hope for all you Blackout Problems fans, it was an interesting insight into the um, background to this record, the production, the lyrics, and the thought process that went into it. And if you're new to the band, I hope I've just introduced you to a kick-ass new soundtrack for the rest of your 2024. Before I bid you farewell, I'm going to ask you one more time, have you subscribed to the podcast? You know, you must be getting bored to fucking tears of me saying it right now. It's the same drill every time, but all you got to do is click a button, man. The podcast is free. There's no advertising. Just click follow, click share, click subscribe, click like, give me a rating, whatever you got to do. I'm going to keep nagging you till every single last one of you does it. I'll be back next week with another awesome guest. In the meantime, have a great week. Get blasting the Blackout Problems new album, Riot, and I shall see you on the flip side. Take care of yourselves. Take care of each other. Love you loads.